Welcome to Best Boys, a film podcast, an amateur film study podcast for the average Joe, the buffest buffs, and the cringiest bingers. I'm your host, JP, and I'm joined by my brother, professional Hollywood old man. Corey with a story, and this time I'm actually in Hollywood, so this makes it, uh, this makes the title a little bit more fun. Oh, yeah. What are you working on? Uh, I am working on a music video that I'm directing for a artist from Denmark. And yesterday was our first shoot day, and it went surprisingly really well. I was pissing my pants every day up into this. Uh, you know, first like bigger thing I've directed in a while, though coming out of the retirement, so to speak. But uh, today's our big day. As soon as I get off of here, we head down to downtown LA and hit up the soundstage and just start hopefully getting all of our shots because we have way too much to get done. Oh, well, that sounds interesting. Well, good luck with that. Um, we did. We do have some uh, movies to talk about today uh, for this episode. So we were. So I thought that it was funny that I was like, "Oh, we should do an animated. Um, we should do an animated episode just to like lighten things up, you know, kind of you know make things easy on us. No heavy shit. No." Um, whatever. See so some some family films. Um, but one of these films in particular, uh, kind of wrecks your soul right off the bat, um, uh, on an unbelievable level. Um, and we'll get to that. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but yeah. So this wasn't it wasn't exactly a walk in the park. Um, but I wanted to pick two of the ones that people say are like the best. Pixar films. I want to stay within Pixar. And uh, so actually when I realized when I chose these is that they are within a couple of years of each other. They're actually two um, years. There's just Wally in between them. So uh, Ratatouille came out in 2008. Up came out in 2009. Um, looks like they have the same composer of the score, but they are um they have different directors, it looks like. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm not like familiar with the inner workings uh, or like the nuts and bolts of how Disney Pixar's shit operates. But it has kind of become an institution um, and kind of taken the torch from the two D, you know, the the big two D animation studios um, of the '90s and previous. Um, I've I've I kind of been reticent uh, of I I've always liked it even since Toy Story and whatnot I've always liked the style but I've always missed um you know I, it's kind of replaced two D animation uh, in theaters um, on the big Indian hot in the Hollywood you know uh, mm-hmm. realm and uh, so I've always kind of had a weird animosity with that and I think. I kind of grew, I was at like high school age around the time when Ratatouille came out. Um, I think Cars, I've, I'm just looking here, I've seen all of them up through Cars. And then it's funny that Ratatouille is when I stopped watching kids movies as much. So I, I think I saw Wally because mom and dad saw it, but um, I didn't see Ratatouille, I didn't see Up. I don't, I don't remember if I saw the third Toy Story or not. I think I may have through Osmosis. Um, but, uh, from, from there is when I am much more spotty. Um, and it's just kind of like, you know, when you're, uh, you grow up a bit and you kind of fall away from family movies and kid movies. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of think that all oh, those are just for kids and some of them aren't, you know, they're not great movies. They're just kid movies. I mean, we, we know that that isn't true, that there are some of the greatest movies of all time are, you know, family f- focused, I would say, you know, Spielberg stuff. And maybe he's got a little bit more edge than Disney, but, um, it's definitely family kind of s- adventure films. Um, I don't know. What do you, what do you feel about Pixar? Um, I mean, Pixar was always one of those studios where it's like, uh, you know, if you were, if you knew it was Pixar instead of Disney, uh, being like a Disney movie, cause there's also like Disney's 3d movies. Um, like what? <clears throat> uh like frozen uh frozen's not pixar but it's disney but it's really i did not know that yeah there's a there's there's a difference not every animated movie is is pixar (laughs) i don't think i think that's more of a recent thing though i don't think that was the way it was for a while i want to say it started in the 2010s um i guess frozen is 2013 yeah um and so there's uh there's that disconnect but if you knew it was actual pixar then it it was like oh all right i know it's gonna be a great movie um and i'm looking at this list what you're talking to and i there's a bunch i skipped in post cars era like i skipped ratatouille that was the first time i'd watched it <clears throat> was uh for this i'd seen up in wally but then i didn't see toy story 3 until years later or cars 2 i still never saw or brave but i did see monsters university but everything after monster university i have not seen i honestly it took me a while i remember that monsters inc I watched like I don't I didn't resonate like have that like connection to it that other people did. I was like already when I was starting to break away. I think um, when I think about so I think the reason why I picked these two movies is they are very lauded online uh, as like two of the best Pixar films. Um, but I come to realize that that is probably because I you know there's a lot of younger millennials and now Gen Z online and they have a you know it's like they're Lion King you know like mm-hmm. like like what Lion King was for for my age of millennial um I feel like that is the biggest fucking Disney movie of my life um but now I think you know, they people have this big reverence uh for these two films um as like the best of the of the bunch and I think you know, some of it might maybe nostalgia you know like particular to um, how old they were. Um, but, but also, uh, that's why I wanted to see these cause I never seen them. So I want to see them with my adult eyes. Um, but keeping in mind that, you know, people online say that these are some of the best. Um, mm. I actually did pull up the Disney CG films and yeah, there's a bunch. I thought I didn't realize it. So that kind of really fills it out with, um, because like DreamWorks as well, there's a bunch, and then you got mm-hmm. randos out there. But like none of these are really other than Frozen. I don't feel like any of these are like Moana. Moana was a big hit, but yeah. I don't think like Ralph was a Wreck It Ralph was that big of a hit. But maybe it was. Oh, I thought that was DreamWorks for some reason. Uh, I just pulled up Disney CG. I just pulled up a random list at Disney Animation yeah. Studios, and it has Wreck It Ralph, and it does have a Disney in the corner. Oh wow! Big Hero Six, Zootopia. Uh, Frozen. Zootopia was big. Tang- entangled. Zootopia wasn't that big. It has like it's a not, cult. Not fo- it has like a cult following, but I don't think it's nearly as big as Moana or Frozen. Bigger yeah, Six also big wasn't that was not that big. Yeah. Um. But um. But still okay. So there's like a handful extra. I mean, if you want to lump them in for the comparison, well, that's whatever. Um, they probably just put a different a uh, separate studio together. 
to just pump out these things faster is just what my what my uh as disney's become this like a uh, content creation juggernaut and just uh especially and it's kind of matured through the 2010s um mm-hmm. that makes sense to me but uh but all right we're digressing here um so i figure we should start with ratatouille since it is first um honestly if i would have known these were t- so close together maybe i would have picked something different i like i said i explained why I picked these. I've actually, uh, my partner has been making me watch, not making me, but we have been, you know, take turns picking movies sometimes. And, and she's been picking, we've, we occasionally pick a, a, an animated film. So actually in the last year I've seen soul, I've seen onward. Um, I've seen a, a few other things inside out, um, which was cool. Inside out is also Pete doctor, which makes sense because inside out, it also has some existential shit in it. Um, like Up does. Mm. So, uh, did you like Up Dog? Did I like Up Dog? Uh, what's Up Dog? <laughs> yeah, you, got, you gotcha. Um, uh, I, I should have saved the joke for later, but um, <laughs> this is, uh, we've been watching what we do in the shadows, of the movie, um, which I don't believe we did on the podcast. Mm-mm. But man, is that uh, we watched the movie, uh, which is funny, funny, but the show is even funnier. Uh, if you like Matt Barry, uh, we are big Matt Barry fans, so that's what got us in. Uh, but boy, oh boy, is it funny! And the one character called named Colin Robinson, he's always doing terrible corny jokes, and he does up dog constantly. It's so, <laughs> so cringe. It's a uh, classic. Classic. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he he's what's called an energy vampire. He's not a regular vampire. He just sucks your energy through awkwardness. Um, <laughs> so funny <laughs> fucking so funny um all right all right let's talk about these movies i feel like uh we've introed enough um so ratatouille um i actually watched these movies in reverse order i think that we saw that up was shorter so we started with up but uh ratatouille does come first so i think we should talk about that um i don't know do you want to do you want to give us a uh, your opening for for the rat yeah uh i'd never seen ratatouille until this point it was my first time and uh it is very good it is very adorable and fun and uh i it doesn't have too much for me like heart strength full of moments but at the same time like i just thought everything was just like kind of fun and silly and uh, uh kept the pace of the movie going um I understand, like, back whenever this came out, a lot, a lot of people love it. My girlfriend, this is one of her favorite Pixar movies. And I, uh, when I would just see the trailers or whatever, I, I just didn't really care. Um, but now I get it. This is, uh, it's definitely up there. It was one of the best for sure, because it is uh, surprisingly fun. Uh, I love all the characters. I love how silly everyone's names are. Um, and just, like, the whole uh, attention to detail with, like, the cooking and stuff, I thought was very interesting on this. Yeah, um, and I, I, and at the time, I mean, I think I'm more familiar with some of these terms just because of like watching cook other cooking media since then, like the anime Food Wars or like you know, uh, I've seen some of Food Wars, yeah, reality shows uh, or whatever. But um, but yeah, I think it was pretty. It's it's like trying to be authentic uh, and immersive into that world, but still having it's like kind of like a stylized kind of uh, stereotype. Uh, I don't know what what the right word is. I'm I'm losing it, but like a a kind of like stereotypical Paris 
um you know stylized paris and it's all food and and whatnot and um i don't know i i think that this movie is not is like the perfect um it's just like a fun not perfect but it's like it's a fun uh it's not heavy it's not like deep but it's it just it executes everything really well and everything it's just funny and it's fun and it's engaging and it's interesting and the the premise is, is like ridiculous and i think that's but it works at the same time and then like you just you know you care about you start to care about you know the characters i think it's interesting that you know the, the main character is the mouse but but it's like uh, the human is like uh, kind of like the second fiddle to the mouse, which is, it's mm-hmm. like an interesting dynamic that the like the the screen time that they share of like who, whose story is is taking prominence because it's ultimately like this movie is very much about this gusto guy, uh, mm-hmm. this gusto chef. Um, I don't know. It, I, it's really fun, and it, it's like it, it, there's not a whole lot to think about at the end of the day. But I think that that's kind of what it's doing is just you know turn your brain off and enjoy this fun story, and mm-hmm. uh, and it just works because uh, some of it feels like old and tropey, like a like a story that you've heard before. But then it mm-hmm. kind of like with the uh, you know the the long lost son came to claim his inheritance and he's kind of mm-hmm. like the, the, somebody's trying to like hide, uh, you know, hide the fact that he should be inheriting the restaurant or the, the family business. And like, I feel like that story has been told before, but they kind of take a little left and right turns when you think that it's like, Oh, this is where it's headed. Like he's mm-hmm. gonna earn like, Oh, and I always thought about with there's movies where, you know, like, character like slacker character meet somebody or find some way to become like great at something and then they like their profile raises they become this star and then once the world finds out about their thing they lose everything and they got to learn how to do it themselves and like i thought that's where the movie was going to go this whole time yeah uh like because i've seen that that story that in so many millions of times and mm-hmm. it starts that way and then it kind of ends up like no it's about remy it's not about linguini like that's linguini's story you know what i yeah. mean like it's about linguini learning to be a fucking grown man and it is a little bit about that but being an adult and be a capable person and find what he's good at and and whatever mm-hmm. um but it's about Remy. And that's like Gusto's ghost has come to Remy. It's not come to his own long lost son <laughs> to save his business. Uh, he's come to this rat. Um, and like there's a big theme about anyone can cook. And I really do, I think that is true. Like, an, you know, anyone can cook, and cooking is a really fun, enjoyable experience. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, for when I was in my 20s, I didn't, I just wanted to eat things as fast as possible so I could move on with the things I wanted to do. But, um, you know, there's a, for health reasons and, you know, for taste, it's just, there's a lot to love about cooking and the process of it and, and whatnot. Um, and yeah, I feel, and I think it kind of, you know, uh, probably inspired many a young chef out there, maybe, um, that like anyone can do it. Um, yeah, I I feel really good about it. I don't know if we want to talk, move on to talking about the cast uh, before we get too deep into the nuts and bolts of the plot. Um, but it's a pretty uh, there's like people that were have small roles, and I was like, oh wow, that's somebody, um, the Patton Oswald, and I think this is kind of like Patton Oswald's biggest fucking thing he's ever done. Uh, I feel like really? it. it uh, yeah, what else would be bigger? 
This movie is big. I don't know. I I feel like I see him in like everything. Well, yeah, he does a voice. he does a lot of stuff, but he doesn't do a lot of stuff where he's the lead of a major film. That's you, true. Yeah, can you think of him as the lead of a major film? He's more of like a character actor, or a TV, yeah, that's a true. TV actor, a comedian, a talking head, um, podcast guest. <laughs> um, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, I'm looking through this filmography, and yet nothing, nothing that he's a lead in stands out at all. Even TV shows, uh, he's rarely a lead. Um, yeah. So this is the like, and this is great. And I think it lifted his profile a lot at the time, and he's kind of you know. Um, he's like a great I, voice. Because... Well, like, yeah, he's on things like uh, the the freaking uh, mystery science theater reboot and and whatnot. Like, um, I don't know. Yeah, he's got a he does have a very iconic voice. Um, I remember when he used to get vo- do voices on uh like Aqua Teen Hunger Force or and things yeah. like that. Um, he's got a very iconic voice and it very much works. Um, uh, though, uh, so Linguini, uh, is played by just an animator. Um, there's a couple characters in this film. They're not played by, I think, traditional voice actors. Uh, well, you know what? This guy, Lou Romano, who plays Linguini, I guess, voiced, um, somebody in The Incredibles. Uh, he, Bernie Crop in The Incredibles. And he, like, small part in Cars. But then he, I think that it, maybe he just auditioned for it and they're like, you'll be cheaper than paying an actor. So, yeah. we'll just, and like, it's not, because honestly, Linguini doesn't talk that, that much. He's kind of just like squealing and, and, and making noises. <laughs> uh, you know who I thought? Stumbling and stuttering. Yeah, I thought that it was, it could have been, I thought it was the guy from Silicon Valley. What the fuck is his name? Uh, Middleditch, Thomas yeah, Middleditch. Yeah, I thought it was Middleditch, Thomas Middleditch. And then, and who would literally just sub right in for this. Um, he literally oh, looks, yeah, he looks like Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but, the exact same like stumbly delivery, shaky nervousness. With yes, yeah, it would it would have worked pretty well, but I I think uh, I think it was probably before its time. It probably it probably was a lot younger in two thousand seven. Um, but uh, you know what this guy was in, Lou Romano. Who? What? This is a this is a cut. Monkey Bone. Was he? Did he have a He's, bigger bigger part? No, I said he was the he was the cop slash psychiatrist. Okay, so okay. <laughs> yeah, so not an actor, and, and apparently the brother of Remy is also an animator for like mainly an animator. Um, oh, wow, well that's cool. They're giving these guys a chance to step out of their of their medium of choice. Um, and then all so other than that, um, we have uh. Brad Garrett plays Chef Gusteau, who is like, I always think of him as the Ray Romano's brother from Everybody Loves Raymond. Um, yeah. he's, got very, he's got a very iconic voice. Um, Ian Holm plays Chef Skinner, which I could not believe. The voice did not match to me at all because um, the accent he was doing. Uh, Ian Holm, you know, from Alien uh, in the Fifth Element. Yeah. Oh, my uh, gosh. Uh, Brian Dennehy who is a alumni of the Best Boys podcast, best known as the sheriff from Ram- uh, First Blood Rambo. Uh, he played Remy's father, Django. Um, and then uh, Peter O'Toole uh, was the critic, Anton Ego. Uh, Peter Peter O'Toole, Brian Dennehy, and Ian Holm have all passed since this movie has come out. I guess I was kind of thinking about that because there is a lot of older actors in both of these movies, and all of them have passed since these movies have came out. And Up 
Uh, I keep talking about up already, but it is very much deals with, you know, getting old and whatnot. I just thought that was interesting. Um, and yeah, Janine, that kind of really goes into that theme. Um, Janine Garofalo plays, uh, uh, chef Colette Tateau and Will Arnett, who has a small part in this movie is the sous chef, the German sous chef Horst. Um, so yeah, this uh, also James Ramar has a small role. Apparently, is uh, uh, works somewhere in there. And John Ratzenberger, apparently, I've read is because I noticed John Ratzenberger had a small line and up and never came back. And apparently, he does cameos in like almost every Pixar film. Yeah. And he's, uh, a pig, he's a pig in Toy Story. Yeah, he's a pig in Toy Story, which is his voice is iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it, it, that's what steps out to me, it stands out to me. Um, is so, he still alive? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Because he was just in something recently that I was surprised he voiced it. Wow, he's seventy five. Yeah, he's seventy five. He's got some time. Um, so what? Uh, so I don't know. Do what do we want to touch on and exactly with this? Uh, real quick, I do want to say that the animation for two thousand seven looks very good. Um, both of yeah. these films for their time are animated really well. The Up has a really cool style, but yeah, Ratatouille. Um, you know, very. If you look at this versus stuff, um, you know, before that, uh, obviously Toy Story, the first couple Toy Stories, this is like night and day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think that's something that is about the CG style is that it ages pretty well, uh, even mm-hmm. when it's not as good. It's like they still kind of stylize it in a way. Some, I mean, some CG, like non-Pixar CG, is not looks good. Does not look good like that fucking that Seth Rogen movie with the food that fucks. Oh god, the hot that's, dog. Thing. That's some of the uh, worst. That's some of the worst CG yeah. animation I've ever seen. 3D animation. I mean, it's probably it's like it's we're doing an R-rated animation thing, so we can't imagine the return's going to be good. Um. But yeah, going to what you were saying though, like I feel like Wally was the one was the first one that was like this looks insanely good animation wise, and that's right in between these two. Um, so it makes sense of like Ratatouille's like because there were parts in Ratatouille where I like I forgot it was an animate like it would go to an establishing thing, and I was just like, oh wow, I for- this looks so good. I thought it was just like a stylized like like live action thing. Um, and uh and for 2007 you know it's like there wasn't a lot of things that would be able to do animation that good that that can pass because like stylized real in moments um and then oh i mean obviously like they do their characters super um uh, characterized but uh but the way that they do it in in all the pixar movies the way that they do humans and stuff i feel like it just ages so well because it's not uh it's not anything that is too real, but it's also not anything that's too silly. Yeah, it's like too- a caricature. It's like a real caricature style is how I, like there's something that does come across as real because mm-hmm. even in the new ones, uh, it's the same way. Um, but yeah, but it's obviously like over everything's really exaggerated and 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 stylized. Not all the characters up is definitely less realistic looking than than uh, yeah. this one. That was um, weird looking at times, <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think there's not that the, you're right that the art style does age well, and they've kind of been staying in it for a while, um, mm. until the wheels fall off, I guess. Um, Star, Star Wars forever. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty Marvel forever, Star Wars forever, 
Pixar forever. The Disney, the di- thousand years of Disney. Yeah, I'm surprised that with the Pixar's output has like really jumped up over the last uh, like five years or so, and uh, it's crazy what they're able to pump out and uh, and still be like having like good hits. It was some of the like I think they they finally got a flop with like Lightyear and like that was supposed to be a big movie and it did not um did not do well at the box office for how big it was. Um but yeah, I think that they're just going to they realize that it's one of the easiest cash grabs for them that everybody watches them and and they get awards and they um and whatnot like they're just they cast really wide nets. And then children obviously they're the ones that drive people to watch shit the most, you know, like I they got mm-hmm. the ones that watch Frozen a thousand times in a row. Um, and we did it when we were kids too, um, with whatever goofy movie. Or, <laughs> oh um, man, that's such a good movie. So good. So, um, I don't know if we want to get into it with specifics about the plot. I think it's a very like typical like a story. It just like there are these the turns in it. Um, I that's what I I think that's what makes the movie good at the same because it, it's executed so well, but at the same time it like. It's just like I, I, it's a movie that I've seen almost before. Um, like there's something about it that seems so familiar to me, other than the the outlandish premise of a a rat controlling a man to cook by his hair. Yeah, I get that too, and I can't I can't put my finger on what it reminds me of, um, because it it it's like has these elements of like you think it's going fish out of water, but then it becomes more about like acceptance and like not like gatekeeping like certain things yeah um, yeah like just like let people because he because he remy's like i'm still a rat but i i'm a chef and i like to do this mm-hmm. and this is like who i am but that's okay like it's all about like yeah like accepting what people want to do and their callings and, and letting people follow their dreams and mm-hmm. um a lot of you know basic kind of stuff but it works well. Uh, it works well with this, especially when you have like you were you were talking earlier. And I wanted to piggyback on uh, about how it's it's uh, you it's it's a split story, but it's not really about Alfredo. It's it's just um, like Remy is our lead, and Alfredo just happens to be uh, a vehicle to get what Remy wants to do. Which yeah, is yeah. A chef. Um, and I find I, I love that because it just kind of subverts the expectations. Like I, I love that instead of it being this, I thought it was going to be the scenario of where it's like somebody catches him using the rat, and then he it's his fall from grace or whatever, and then uh, and then the whatever. But the, I like that he just like immediately goes on the defense, defends uh, Remy. This is what it is, and if you guys aren't fucking with this, then you know, fuck you, and uh, and that's what leads to the whole rat kitchen at the end, which was just so absurd, but it was so Yeah, that awesome. is when the movie gets ridiculous, and it's like, how could this ever happen and stay <laughs> uh, stay open, and then they kind of address it. Um, yeah, and health, like, I like... The health department coming, and... Yeah, and they just tie him up, lock him in the fucking food, uh, food pantry. Um, but I just, uh, I love that it... Uh, it has that touch at the because of all the the rats coming to help Remy. It has that like family thing where because that's another like theme in the movie. It's just like uh, is family more important than your own goals and dreams? Um, and I feel like it answers it as it 
can be, but it should be more of a support system rather than a choose which one. Yeah, exactly. Um, that, that I think that is definitely the takeaway here. Like you don't have to abandon your family, but mm -hmm. your family should be supporting you, uh, in your dreams. Um, I think, uh, yeah, the, 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 there's some, there's definitely a lesson to be learned there with, with regards to our own lives. Yeah. Um, it's like, a, they may not understand what you do or why you're doing it, but at the end of the day, if you're struggling and you need help, you know, like they're going to be there for you. Uh, which I really just loved. I thought it was very sweet. I like, uh, I like when there's like a, a, a face turn, uh, on like a family thing like that because if it's uh you know just from our own experience with stuff i mean dad still doesn't understand what i do for a living uh but uh yeah it's just nice it's a it's a nice like hit home feel good uh moment yeah the, the i agree i agree um I mean, is there anything in particular that you want to touch upon uh with ratatouille the, oh the the soundtrack is fantastic um, mm. I feel like I've heard people like play some of these songs before. Um, and, uh, I don't know if the, anything regarding that. Um, it didn't stand out to me. It is good, uh, but it didn't stand out to me nearly as much as Up. Uh, Up has that jingle that is just seared into your brain. Um, I don't. I think it, all the French. Uh, there's like a lot of like that French inspired uh, music. Yeah, uh, like the accordion and and stuff. Uh, I don't know. Like it's and it's very like vibrant. I, Ups for some reason didn't really stand out to me a whole lot. But I know. But I feel like I know the jingle you're talking about. Yeah, um, it's. Uh, but yeah, I think I think it it's one of those things where it's like if you didn't notice the score, that means it did a great job. Um, because it's like it's not taking away from anything it's not trying to the steal setting, any it's, show, it's but it's, it's perfect atmosphere setting for this like everything yeah. felt right the way that this was done yeah uh, it's very between warm the music and it yeah yeah it's very warm it's the, very, full, it's, the film feels warm like the can all the candlelight look like mm -hmm. everything's kind of orange and gold like all the lighting is like yellow light like not the actual lighting but you know the yeah like, like the uh like the lamps and the chandeliers and the, mm -hmm. um, it's all a lot of yellows, uh, and, and, and it's very warm. I don't know what time this movie is set in. It, it, it seems it's kind of hard to tell. It seems to be modern. It's, I thought it was older because everyone had black and white TVs. Uh, but then there's oh, moments that right. make feel yeah. modern. So like I couldn't tell, cause if it is takes place older, that would make sense if everything's candlelit and tungsten, uh, cause they wouldn't have had fluorescence yet. Um, but uh but yeah it feels it's, like it's the like whole a timeless homey it's, uh, it's kind of like a timeless feel um that's uh, that's kind of the vibe i get is it, mm. it could be any time but it, it, it feels very timeless um i love that the uh what is her name colette falls in love with remy or not remy falls in love with alfredo which also the names in this movie are just hilarious um but uh but it's all over the fact that she thinks he's this wizard cook and everything. And then it's just, uh, but it is cool that she like still stays. Yeah. Their relationship the is a little bit toxic. Deal. I was thinking about when she was going to pepper spray him and then the Remy makes <laughs> him kiss her. I'm like, man, that yeah. one does not be cool. They would probably not do that in, um, in today's movie. She would have pulled the pepper spray in today's world. Cause she that's a little too forward. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, she would have just sprayed his ass. Yeah, um, 100%. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, like, other than that, I mean, there's nothing. It's just, it's, it's 2007. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like I got nothing really else to say about it. It's just a good movie. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really it's know. It's very sweet. I don't really know. You know, I wasn't really, I, I'm not, I don't know, like, not blown away is the right word. I just think it was a good, sweet, you know, movie. I liked it a yeah. lot. I, I agree with that. I, I feel like it was, it does nothing that makes me go like, this is an all-star movie or whatever, but everything, life. Ab- yeah, but, but everything about it, it's just so like enjoyable. Like I could, I could easily watch this again and just enjoy it just as much. Yeah, as exactly. Or like I could see like, you know, when, when I have a family like watching this with mm-hmm. them and like, it, and they'll, and it's being very enjoyable. The part at the towards the end where the food critic, um, what is his name? Something appetite. Anton uh, ego. Oh, Anton ego. That's it. Uh, he when he eats the ratatouille and it immediately transports him back to his yeah. child self. Oh my god, does that hit so well though? Um, because we've all, I, I especially recently, I keep having this. I've been on the member berries train super hard, but I keep here having smells and that just transport me back like twenty years. And, uh, and it's just, it's, it's, it's insane that how much like food or smells or whatever can just trigger these, like such vivid moments in time. Um, and I just got, I, that was like a real big emotional hit for me during that part. Cause it's just like, I know that feeling, I know exactly what that is like, and it can change your entire perspective on something once you have that like memory associated with it. Um, and it was just done so well. Um, are you ready to score it? Uh, yeah, I'm ready to score. Uh, I would. You can start. Sorry, go. You can. Start. I was gonna say I'm. I would give this a four. I think this is super duper solid. There's not a lot to not like, but there's not enough. I would say to make it stand out to give it a five. Um, but it is just a great movie to just put on and enjoy at any point with anyone. Uh, it's yeah. fantastic yeah i i feel like i'm pressured to give it more than a five or more than a four because like just looking at a lot of the reviewers i follow they it's like it's five five four five four and a half five four five oh four the one four was roger ebert who only scores out of four so that's a four out of four um (laughs) um, so like everybody thinks it's a perfect movie and it, it pretty much is I just feel like yeah. I hold, I reserve fives for like movies that blow me away or just like Same. I'm wowed. And I wasn't really wowed in this movie. And like maybe it's a product of waiting too long to see it for the first mm-hmm. time um, or, or whatever. But um, I still, I, I'm also leaning to a four. I feel like I'm like I'm pressured to give four and a half, but I think that I'm going to stay at a four. Um, this is an excellent movie, excellent movie, mm-hmm. and just one, probably one of the best, you know, family movies that you could you could uh, sit down and with your children and watch. Um, but but uh, yeah, I think it stays at a four for me. I, yeah, I think that's fine. There, I don't think uh, like I, I mean we'll get into it when we get into up, but uh, I think that. I think that this is not the best Disney movie I've seen or Pixar movie I've seen, but it is damn close and it's really good, but it just doesn't have that, like that, that 
big for me at least to give a five i have that big uh emotional connection and it just kind of changes the way i like look at something um yeah yeah i'm working on i talk about up because i feel like i've i've been uh giving little spoils that i liked it but um yeah let's just move on let's just move on for some reason i forgot to switch over the pictures but i'll do that and so up up um i has a reputation of you know being um you know it, it wrecks if you're an adult you're gonna cry when you see this or it's gonna wreck you um and it's like it's got something for adults and it's got something for kids and it's a it's very philosophical and it's heavy but it's fun and i think all that stuff is accurate um and uh is i i liked it a lot um but i particularly like the first probably third of the movie maybe half of the movie um it opens with this just like gut-wrenching like sequence of this guy's life and this couple's life really um they meet as kids they get you know eventually they get married high school sweethearts or whatever and then you know they grow old together they're unable to have kids and you kind of can see you realize that the old this man that's becoming old is the man from like I knew him as the man on the you know that's the up guy the old guy from up so I knew that there was no old lady from up so I kind of started to put together that his wife um, was not was going to pass away um, and you just you know think about you think about that and what that would be like and but also man does that montage just really hit home for me that life is incredibly short and it'll be, it's over in a blink of an eye. And, uh, you know, like to, this movie is very much about making the most of your time and, uh, here on earth. And, um, but it's also like, okay to live life at your own pace. Um, but you know, you, you're, you might not get to, to move your house to South America, but that's okay. You know, you, that you, you lived your life and, um, it's like letting go, letting go of things and, and letting go mm-hmm. of the past and embracing the present and, and the future and, uh, and just like with optimism and, and, and it's never too late to make friends. And there's all these really good, um, themes, uh, in the movie. Um, but yeah, it really, really, uh, just wrecked me, it just bawled my eyes out during mm-hmm. the whole thing. Once I realized the theme, what it was going for, I just, sorry, just living in it. It was honestly, I figured it out by the time they were, they couldn't have kids and I was just kind of bawling mm-hmm. from that point, uh, point on. Um, but then I will say from like such a great setup and like also this guy, he's like afraid of change. Um, he doesn't, he, he's got this small patch of grass in his house and like it's being developed all around him. Um, uh, honestly reminded me of ghost story. Um, if you've seen that, I believe we did, um, with how like the time passing and just eventually you're the area that you were from and you're stuck there for like in hundreds of years past or whatever, like it all gets developed and changes. And I think about as you grow up, like the streets that you, like from your neighborhood, like all the businesses and things that used to be there. And when you were a kid, your your dad and your grandpa pap used to tell you that these things used to be there. And, but now the things that were there when you were a kid are gone. And it's like, just this the way it is like buildings built, 
you know, grow and die uh, just like people almost. And uh, when you look at you know, time in a time lapse, it, it's wild to watch and see. Um, and uh, but it kind of can feel like the world is like ch- changing all around you and it doesn't you mm-hmm. know have any use for you anymore. Um, uh, just like a lot of those kinds of feelings. And it's stuff that I am definitely think about and I have a, definitely a fear uh, of feeling like my life is flying by and, and just feeling like I'm running out of time and, um, and just afraid of what, of, you know, afraid of death and those kinds of things. I think mm-hmm. this movie definitely, uh, confronts some of that, um, at least sets up with that. And then you're kind of on this adventure to fulfill this last wish of this man. And then you obviously get the, the boy scout boy who's, who's there to help. And he's kind of our, our youthful representation of, of, um, whimsy and, and fun and adventure. And it, it just like kind of, they kind of counterbalance each other. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole setup is fantastic and great. Also the balloons and the colors of the balloons and how the, mm-hmm. the light shines through them. And it, it turns into this like psychedelic swirl and like all that is so fucking cool. So cool. So cool. But my issue with the movie is the second half. Um, I feel like the movie is paced kind of strange. And uh, which it, it doesn't like the pacing itself isn't what my issue is, but it like structured strange. And I think I expected it to take longer to get to South America. And then once we got there, I'm not sure I, I was really into the story uh, with like the old adventure man. <laughs> And the dog and the Isle of Dogs, um, as much as like the mm-hmm. like the bigger concepts and the premise and the you know like the journey. I thought it was gonna be more of like a road movie than it was like Isle of Dogs for the half of it. Yeah. Um. The- so I think this the second half is significantly weaker than the first. Uh, I'll pass I think- it back to you. I've been going for a while. Yeah. I. Uh- I I will get to where you left off, but I'm just gonna say yeah. Start real, from the beginning, please. Yeah, <laughs> briefly. For you, um, this is probably the sixth time I've seen this movie, and okay. I cried just as hard as I every other time I've seen oh, it. Oh wow! Uh, man, it's, it just hits so well, and when you have this like time gap of like, I probably haven't seen this in about five years, uh, so it's like every time you watch it when there's a, like a, a, a few years gap, you know, it just, it becomes even more relatable because you're older and there are even in five years, so much changes, uh, whether it be in your life in like directly or around it, the world around and, you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, um, that whole intro, I forgot when I was rewatching this about the whole kids set up in the beginning, which just adds so much more. Like, cause I always, you always think the montage part, whenever you, you think back to the movie, but the uh but having that set up with how they meet as kids and then they just that that was it they're bonded from there um oh man does it crush you the entire time and uh and then by the time you get to the uh the housing development thing the um you know the the resistance to change obviously we all have that everybody uh change is probably one of the hardest things i feel like for people especially the Um, older you get yeah yeah it's the more removed you are from everything, the the less familiar, the less uh, uh, reliant you are to the modern world. It, it's all scary and it's all different. And uh, it's it's just such a good setup. And then the whole thing, uh, I will agree, like they just kind of end up in South America pretty quickly. I, I forgot how quickly that was. Um, 
But I will say with the the Isle of Dogs thing, um, I mean, I, I do like how they set up the adventure thing, and I feel like that's a nice full circle because that yeah, was both him and Ellie's uh, hero. Yeah, and it's like a wow because he has the house with him when he meets him, so it's like, and that's his representation of Ellie is equivalent of him, you know, carrying her ashes around. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so I did like all that, but then it just became like. I agree, though, that it was just kind of too much dogs, like the dogs and the snipe thing just kind of became too much of a it's like they needed a conflict when they got there as if, you know, having a house being lifted up by balloons wasn't enough of a conflict. Um, yeah, but, I, I do need they do. <clears throat> I do agree they needed something else. Uh, it's just <clears throat> I think it dominated too much of the movie. Yeah, I was I, interested I, in the journey and like I feel like they could have <clears throat> stretched the journey out more and shortened the dog stuff and it would have been fine. Yeah, the uh, the relationship between Russell and Carl is definitely the way more interesting than any other part uh, with in the second half with the dogs and stuff. Uh, I like Doug. Very... Don't get me wrong, I like Doug. Uh, I think Yo, he's that, adorable. I think he's like it's like an interesting thing. It's just the, like so many dog jokes, so many, and like I'm not a dog owner, so maybe mm-hmm. that hits different for people that love dogs, but it. it uh, it just like became all about dogs. <laughs> um, I mean, like obviously about this old, the old explorer man trying to find the bird, but it just uh, it was like a second. It was like the second plot that I did. I kind of underestimated how, and I was like, oh, it's not going to take everything over. It's not going to take everything over. Oh no, it's taking everything over. And uh, and that's like fine. Like it's you gotta have something else. I just maybe didn't like how like the division between the two. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that like the that story I think is more the children's story. The story that is more yeah. interesting to the kids because it's more like a basic kind of premise that you could see in other children's films. But it mm-hmm. has like it's coupled with this heavy, you know, very very big existential like uh philosophical stuff um mm-hmm. and uh you kind of thinking about all that and i think i'm st- i was like still thinking about all that and i'm just like I- it's hard for me to to uh fully uh disengage from that and just turn my brain off for a little while um i also wanted to point it out that the uh we uh, i we got to do the cast um ed asner plays the old man uh carl right mm-hmm. And uh, he's he's excellent. He's got a very iconic voice. He's voice acted for years. He's a comedy actor for he's around forever. It feels like uh, he passed away just uh, last year. Uh, honestly, a year ago tomorrow um, that he passed oh, wow. away. Um, I me- I remember that my, Riss, my partner, watches uh, Grace and Frankie on Netflix. It has a bunch of older actors in it, and he had like a small part on it and i remember be like damn he's really really old and that was you know that was about it for them for him also the actor who plays um the bad guy charles Muntz, is christopher Plummer, who is also a a very 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 prolific actor and you would probably a modern audiences would know him best as the old like the the patriarch in knives out who dies in the beginning yes um and he's an excellent actor as well uh, yeah, so it's just like top top class. Ed Asner's voice is just so iconic, and it just very much sounds like a an old man. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I it, mean, he is one. <laughs> yeah, who he, he sound also like the what's that show? Uh, I don't remember. But it's an animated show. I feel like I've heard him do 
some voices in uh it's on the tip of my tongue but but yeah he's he's great um the boy i saw it was is just you know a child actor that hasn't done a lot since um and then doug is also somebody that isn't there isn't really anybody really either um so i think that that was interesting that versus um you know, versus Ratatouille, there's significantly significantly smaller cast because it's like a smaller story. But uh, uh, even like the 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 voice acting seems like it probably was pretty cheap. It is, but because like I guess because it's all relying upon the the main like the the three main people being like uh, Russell, Carl, and uh, and Christopher Plummer's character, which I keep forgetting his name. Um, Charles Muntz. Charles Muntz. That's it. Um, I, uh, yeah, I thought they all did fantastic. I thought it, oh, it, yeah. it, oh, yeah. it, it fit everything with this. What I was going to say earlier was I, uh, I feel like when it got to the Charles Munt stuff, when it's like old man, uh, when Carl and them meet him, um, I was really hoping that it would go more into that. Like, this is our, like, they, they have a moment of the meeting our hero, like him and Ellie's hero. But I wish it kind of would go, it would have dove into just like the whole memories thing a little bit more and and gone back into the, because this dude was like an adult when they were kids and he's still alive. And if, uh, uh, and like they do like the little walk down the, his trophy room essentially, but yeah. it doesn't have the same impact as if they were like having, like if he was having all these memory moments of him and Ellie remembering specific things of Charles Muntz that they used to recreate or do or something. I Yeah, uh, I thought that the, that I know that they set up the Charles Muntz with that little thing in the beginning, but I honestly forgot all about him, so when he came back, it like took me a second. Um, gotcha. But, uh, so like then I was like, oh yeah, that this is the guy, but I also, I just like didn't care about him, and uh, it's just like this weird coincidence, you know? Mm-hmm. I think um, it's because the the movie's so short. His heel turn is just way too quick. Um, I feel like that as well is what kind of uh, makes maybe like the pacing or, or just the feel of the the second half a little off because it's pretty much just like he shows up immediate bad guy, um, rather than like having at least toy with it or giving you the impression of just like maybe there's a reason. Maybe you could see it both ways where like you could see it from his perspective of not being a bad guy or whatever, but they yeah. just kind of go straight. He, this is the villain right from the jump when you see him with his army of dogs. Um, which, uh, yeah, like you were saying before, like that's that definitely fits the kid moment. And I, I, you probably need to have more kid plot elements like that in there when you have so many like adult themes going through the whole thing. Um, that are, uh, I would say, probably unrelatable to most children. Like Russell and Doug are like the relatable things for the children, whereas all the parents are just relating to Carl. Um, but uh but it still works like i i I think um because the movie's only an hour and a half long um i it it went surprisingly quick that whole sequence with the dogs and stuff went surprisingly quicker than i i remembered it being um uh and then whenever like by the time you get to the end and it kind of comes full circle uh back to um Carl's thing of just kind of like acceptance of just change in the future and whatever. And I, I love the whole concept of just like, just because you're old and everyone around you has passed doesn't mean you still like, doesn't mean you have to just be alone and wait to die. Um, yeah. I, I think, is- I think I didn't, I, I, I agree that that is the, that is the message of the ending and, and like letting go of the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think it is a, a positive 
message, but I found it just a little unsatisfying, which is how like big and epic, like how like big and just foreboding and, and heavy that the beginning felt like it felt mm-hmm. like his issue wasn't just like, he's what to do with the rest of his time. It's just like mm-hmm. his time is running out and everything has changed and everything is gone. And, it's just like, how do you cope? And I guess they just like, don't deal with it. Don't, don't dwell on it really. Just, you know, make new memories with new people, with new people and be positive and you'll have a yeah. positive effect on your environment. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe cause I've been kind of struggling with some existential things lately and it, I found it unsatisfying in, for, for how much it triggered me, <laughs> for how much it like really, um, really put me through some emotional shit in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, some, but it, it wasn't like bad or it wasn't like anything was empty. It was definitely, you know, things of value in that. Um, I just think, uh, I think that it's hard to, to give answers to unanswerable questions. And, yeah. uh, especially in a children's <laughs> film, I just like, God damn you for opening it all up and not able to fully, uh, fix it. Yeah, um, it's just like here's your problem, not figure out your shit. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and well, and just like it, it does give you some answer, but there's no mm. true solace for yeah. uh, for the vo- for entering the other side. Um, when uh, when it hits the 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 like the end, I feel like mm. it's ending message uh, before the like uh, Russell's thing. It's whenever he's going through the adventure book uh, for the last time. And uh, and seeing like things I want to do, and then he's like, apparently he's never turned that page past there, and then sees oh, yeah, that she's just yeah. been keeping track of all the, of the, their the, time. Yeah, together. like they, he didn't need to do that because they've made adventures together. Like they've, their life, yeah. life was life is an adventure, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, it's got ups and downs and and heartbreak and setbacks, but also you know, um, great moments and and moments of triumph. And positivity, and that is the that is the nature of life, you know. Um, and it's a good, it's a good thing. Yeah, I cried during that part. I cried during the, uh, I cried during the ending with Russell, like, and his dad not being there, but Carl is there, and uh, it's just the mom and Doug. Yeah, I, I, and I, the, the tears just kept coming whenever they're. Yeah, doing I cried. The, the I think cur- during that too. The the curb counting the cars game that Russ used to do with his dad. Um, and that's like another like loose theme of just cause Russell is the whole movie is given things about his dad being absent in his life. And he's just like looking for a father figure. And, uh, and obviously Carl is resistant to it cause they never had kids and, you know, he wants to just do his own thing, but this is also his moment to be a dad by the end of it. And it's like, it's, uh, it's just like so many like mini themes within the overarching theme. And it's, it's, uh, and I feel like it's, it works very well. I, I uh, it hits all the emotional beats it needs to, and uh, I like that it just like it all. It's I you know it's a happy ending, so it's ratatouille. But I, it's one of it's another one of those things where it's just like I'm so happy it just kind of worked out for everybody, except for they killed Charles Munson in cold blood, uh, <laughs> straight up. They let that man fall to his death from like uh, thousands I mean, of feet. In the he air. was like not letting them leave, uh, and he's ancient, so. I know, but he's it was. I forgot stuff. that. 
I forgot that they literally just let this motherfucker fall to his death without a care, and they immediately move on. They don't even feel bad about it. He just killed his childhood hero, and uh, <laughs> and and it is just not even not even a thought. Just forget, and move on. Oh, interesting. Uh, which, I, I know I mentioned that Christopher Plummer and Ed Asner passed away since the movie came out, but they both passed away in 2021 at the age of 91. They were the same age. Wow. I wonder if they were buddies. Interesting that uh, you know Christopher Plummer is playing somebody like 15, or at least 10 years older than uh, Carl. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but all right. I think I want to. I think that we got. We've gotten through a lot of it. We can talk, start talking about scoring. I don't, I don't want to give my score yet, but I, I think I want to explain how this is, the how my my rationale here. So I think that this movie, uh, I think Ratatouille is a uh, as a as a complete film, a much it is a much more complete film, and is just good, consistently good throughout, and, and just like you know, there's no issues with it as a movie or story or anything. Up. But it doesn't blow me away. It doesn't feel like it hits on a on a on a deeper level. But uh, you know, for do, it's for what it's trying to do, it hits it perfectly. This movie, I think, does hit me on a deeper level. Does you know blow me away in moments? I have this you know extreme visceral emotional reaction to this film. Um, but at the same time, I do th- I do think that the film is not perfect. I think that there is uh issues uh they're not big or anything it's still a good movie um but there is just deficiencies that ratatouille does not have um so i think with that that i would probably also give this a four interesting interesting i i thought about it long and heavy and i agree with you on a lot of those points but i think for me because the runtime being so short the parts that kind of uh, aren't as good as the rest it happens so quickly um it's like, the, like i think the runtime like a... wise it's like more of the film though <clears throat> like the the stuff in south america is like more of the film than the beginning of the, the, the movie i like all the stuff in south america just except for when it come, becomes too many dogs for a little bit and the too many dogs thing is only that's like, like that's 15 that's, 20 minutes i disagree the dogs is like one, the once the dogs are introduced they like never go away and it's like the last hour. It's like the last forty-five minutes, like the army ah. of dogs, and, and like they just keep doing more dog stuff. As soon as it's months, it's all dogs, and it's months for a while. Like they meet yeah, the dogs it's... right as soon as they get there, and then it's like, you know, twenty minutes later they meet months, and then from there it's just dogs till the end of the movie. The uh, I don't know, I guess it just it felt like it just it went quicker with it because like a lot of the, the dog stuff is like uh, at first it's just cutting away to them and then coming back to what's I didn't on. mind them at and first then, and then this <laughs> it was like more and more and more and more about dogs, it's just like increasingly about the dogs, and yeah, like less like about anything else in the movie. Yeah, it like shifts the levity over from Russ being like our, our comedy point to the dogs being the comedy point, yeah, uh, like and the dogs, and just, yeah. Yeah, the alpha. Which is like the, the ridiculous dogs flying the planes. I thought um, that was silly. I I, it that, was that. silly, but I, I didn't like it. Um, but I didn't like hate it. I wasn't, but it was mm. just like this is they're just uh, leaning into the dogs doing ridiculous things. Um, uh, yeah, I didn't mind that. I, I that 
and I felt like it just like worked within the ridiculousness of the world. But um, but I was going to say I'm leaning more towards a four and a half just because of like while it may while Red 2, I think is is like you said, it's just a, it's a perfectly complete film with no real gripes. I think that the the themes that up tackles and, and how it goes about doing it and then also keep doing it in such a having such an emotional impact in such a short runtime, I feel grants it a bigger like overall score and just like impact on on me as a viewer um so i'm just leaning towards four and a half i like like i think it's just because of that and because it can punch and and i've watched this multiple times and it still hits every single time the exact same way um i think that's that's for me enough to give it a four and a half so um this movie is reviewed very similarly on Letterboxd, at least, to uh, Ratatouille. Um, just going through the people that I follow, I see three and a half, five, three and a half, four, five, four, four by Roger Ebert, which is a five, five, three and a half, four and a half. I mean, there's there's more fives and more three and a halves, and I think it just ends up being about the same. Mm. Um, and, uh, um, and I can see why people do think that these are two of the best, but I personally, my theory, which I kind of opened with, is that maybe they are, they have, there's the nostalgia weight from younger millennials and Gen mm-hmm. Z that I didn't have because I was already old. I was, uh, thought I was old at least mm-hmm. by the time these movies came out. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We'll, this may be a topic that we revisit, you know, later in the future um, when we think about uh modern animated films um but but these are two good ones certainly are um and i liked them agreed honestly i'd be down to keep doing uh, there's so many pixar movies i haven't seen and i'd be definitely down to 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 plow through these over the Uh, years yeah yeah we can't we definitely got to break it up and i don't want i don't want we're not gonna i'm just gonna tell you right now we are not gonna plow through all of pixar movies or a bunch of them um it's just uh yeah, select excellent selections. That's what we're all about here. Um, so well, even in my free time, I'm just gonna try to. Yeah, to yeah, you can do movies. that. We've been watching the newer ones, like I said, like Soul and stuff, and Moana, and I think we want to watch yeah. uh, Luca. Uh, and uh, I've seen and the Coco. first thirty minutes of Luca, and I've seen the first thirty minutes of Turning Red, and I've seen nothing else of the new stuff. Uh, I'm very behind. <clears throat> Um, but I gotta catch up. So the one thing I want to see is I don't know if you saw this trailer when uh, I want to see that Fire of Love documentary about the scientist couple that like was obsessed with hanging out around. Oh yeah, um, I saw the trailer. Uh, volcanoes. For yeah, I think I saw it when I saw I saw the trailer when we uh, went to see uh, Crimes of the Future. I believe. Yeah, yeah, that um, was it. Man, it yeah, just came out nuts. and. Uh, I really, yeah, I really want to see it. So I might be trying to do that. But as far as what we're going to do for the next episode, I don't think we have anything lined up. Um, uh, we can figure that out, though. I wanted to do anime. I want to do anime soon, but I feel like we should not do anime right after other animated. Yeah. So. I'd be down. I just watched the rebuilds, and I'm all about it right now, anime right now. Uh, well, we'll do it soon, but like I said, I don't think it makes sense to do it back to back. Um, I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to figure it out. I got We got to really remember to talk about it before we start, and then that way we can 
intro it to the next one. Um, but we will, we will figure that out and we will let y'all know. And, uh, and we will be back next time in two weeks. Um, and that's that. Do you have anything you want to say to the, to the kids out there? No, just, um, fucking change is a natural thing. And, uh, and also, no, it's Morbin time. Is it Morbin time? Uh, It could be Morbin time, but, um, but yeah, don't be afraid to change and also don't stop people from doing what they want to do. Even if you think it's going to ruin what you're doing. Oh, you're right. Um, and then make sure also what you should do is uh, follow us on Best Bo- at Best Boys Film Pod on all the things. Um, you can make sure you like, subscribe. We are on YouTube. Uh, make sure you leave reviews, those that uh, are on the Apple things. Um, do whatever you can. Interact with the podcast. It really helps us out. Um, I will make a point as if we do get reviews that I will read them aloud at the end of the episodes. So that is something that we can do. Um, but, uh, but that does it for us this week. Uh, we will be back and we will be smacking. Y'all have a good night. See everybody. I got to go to work. Bye. Peace.